The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to P.I.'s Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler. Well, welcome to P.I.'s Declassified this Thursday. We are almost there. P.I. Magazine presents the World Investigator Conference at the La Toretta Lake Resort and Spa on beautiful Lake Conroy in Montgomery, Texas, August 16th through the 19th, and is hosted by the Texas Association of Licensed Investigators. It's not too late. Check it out. Go to www.pimagazine.com slash conferences or www.tali for tally, tali.org. That's August 16th through the 19th. Make your reservations now. Okay. For those who are listening in the United States, I'm sure you know that conducting background investigations outside the U.S. is a different kind of investigation. So where do you turn to when you need to check on an individual, say, who, who hails from Africa? How do you go about verifying something as simple as their true name? How do you validate their professional qualifications? So Sam, Jim... And I'm going to try this, Sam Jim. Mwanasi. Mwanasi, is that right? Yes, Mwanasi. You're very Mwanasi. nice. Okay. Mwanasi, yes. <laughs> is here today to talk about just that. Welcome to the show, Sam Jim. Uh, thank you very much, Francie. I'm delighted. I'm delighted to know that I'm being heard by almost everybody in the world. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. So yes. you're the chief executive officer of Spectrum Network International, and you founded that company in Nairobi in the year 2000, correct? Yes, you're right, Francie. Well, I've got we to ask... started the company in the year 2000, yes. Yes, okay. I have to ask, because I know you have a, a BSc degree in mathematics and chemistry, and that sounds like a far way away from doing investigations? Well, you might choose to say so, but I think uh, there's a lot of investigation in chemistry, by the way. I see. A lot of investigation in chemistry. Okay. <laughs> a lot of that. Yes, so there's a lot of relationship in that. But of course, I've had a lot of experience uh, and uh, training in investigation. I've done a lot of training inside uh, the country, Kenya, and outside the country. So I am, I would say very well-rounded as far as investigation is concerned. So how did you get involved in best investigation, Sam Jim? Oh, wow. Uh, for me, investigation, I would say, was uh, accidental. I got introduced in investigation by a, 
friend of mine was a former lecturer of mine in the university when I was studying BSc in Mass and Chemistry. Incidentally, the person who introduced me to investigation was also a graduate in chemistry. So the former lecturer who I had was involved in auctioneering business and he realized that auctioneering business has a lot of uh, cases to do with tracing of persons who mm -hmm. have uh, defaulted for various institutions. And uh, Mr. Joseph Gikonyo, that is his name, what happened is he introduced me to some aspects of investigation when initially uh, I used to visit him in his office and he would uh, discuss with me about his cases and I realized that uh, by then, in the year 2000, there were a lot of uh, unprofessional uh, investigators who were involved in pressing defaulters for him. Mm -hmm. So I got interested that time uh, in the sense that most of the people who he was involved with to press for him defaulters were not doing a professional job. And because of that, I started being inquisitive about that and I started uh, digging some information about investigation and uh, that's how it started. I see. So, uh, is there uh, is there any requirements to open an investigation agency in either Nairobi or in uh, in Africa? Yes, indeed, indeed. There is a lot of. Uh, okay, first and foremost, there is uh, every investigator has to be vetted by the Criminal Investigation Department in Kenya. Uh huh. And the, and the national. Uh, intelligence services, NIS. So all investigators have to go through a vetting process by the NIS and the Criminal Investigation Department. That's number one. Uh, number two is uh, there is a National Association of Kenyan Investigators. That is in Kenya, where I'm the National Secretary General. This body vets all applications by investigators who aspire to do this kind of work, investigation. And then besides that, there are also other institutions uh, affiliated to the Kenya police where you have to go through a process of vetting for you to become an investigator. I see. So, and what does that vetting consist of? The vetting of uh, investigators, first and foremost, it consists of conducting criminal checks against the, 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 the applicants. So you will have to uh, be vetted on your criminal history they have to vet your identification, they have to vet your professional qualifications, they have to vet your employment background, they have to uh, vet your litigation history. And uh, besides that, they also recently they have introduced credit checks for applicants as well. I see. I see. Yeah. So in order to start an agency in your in your area, you yeah. there's you have to go through several governmental agencies even to, to start the business. Yes, indeed. You have to go through the government agencies. Uh, once you go through these government agencies, then you will be allowed now to register your company uh, with the company registrar, uh, registrar of companies. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, they will only allow you to 
register once you've gone through the whole process of vetting by the various government agencies. I see. And then of course, yeah, and then of course once you do that registration now, that's that's when you can start doing your business of investigation. That's fascinating. That uh, that actually sounds much more complicated than getting uh, licensed here in the United States. Oh really? Yeah. Maybe maybe our issues for investigation here are complicated as as such. Uh, possibly, possibly. Yes, yes. So, so you decided to go into an area that, uh, I guess, well, for lack of a better word, we call risk management. Is that right? Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, when I was joining uh, this industry, by then there was a lot of, uh, most of the cases I would say, which I started with were in uh, uh, debt collection, whereby most clients would have debtors who will default in payment, mm -hmm. and then they will send me as the investigator to go chase the defaulters. Most of the cases were chasing debt uh, defaulters for institutions like banks, institutions like insurance companies, and mm -hmm. uh, other affiliated, other such institutions. That's initially where it started from. But over time, that's when I now grew to uh, encompass all areas of risk. Uh, and in, of course, risk management, we talk about all the various areas of assets which corporate investigation, uh, I mean, corporate institutions will be exposed uh, in terms of maybe fraud, in terms of employees uh, who are fraudulent in nature, and what have you. Yeah. I see. So, uh, so I'm, I'm trying to envision, Sam Jim, how you yes. go about conducting an investigation to check somebody out uh, in Nairobi or in, in parts of Africa. Uh, what does that encompass? Uh, well, depending on the, on the nature of the investigation. Yeah. First and foremost, I would say uh, our, our institutions, we have various institutions in Kenya which have a lot of information about uh, people. For instance, uh, the, the uh, National Registrar of Persons. The National Registrar of Persons will have information about all uh, Kenyans, for instance. You will have institutions, institutions like Kenya Revenue Authority, which will have uh, uh, information about all the businesses which we have in Kenya. We'll have the Kenya Police, which will have a lot of information. So as an investigator, uh, a lot of our work entails uh, accessing these uh, databases where this information is domiciled. That's very, very basic uh, for an investigator. And do, then, of course, this. Uh, sorry? I was going to say, do, do all residents have to register somewhere in some way? Yes, uh, definitely. Any, any person who resides in Kenya, be it a uh, uh, a Kenyan or a non-Kenyan uh, has to have a form of registration. Of okay. course, if they are Kenyans, then they'll have national identification cards. I see. And and what happens if some if an individual has no identification card? Okay. What? Of course, there are other there are other. Oh, you mean a Kenyan having no identification card? Right. Well, uh, they also have other forms of identity like the passport. Uh, document. Uh -huh. uh, there are others who 
would have police abstract showing that they have lost, for instance, their identification cards in case it is lost. But of course, if there is a Kenyan who has not registered uh, for an identification card, then it means maybe that person is below the registration age, which is 18 years. So I in see. that case, they might be in school or colleges where they'll have to have uh, registrations in those colleges or schools. But, they'll have respective registration cards in that case. Okay, but if you're an adult, if you're over 18, yes. and yes. you do not have a reg, uh, registration card or an identification yes. card, that would yes. be un, that would be unlawful. Yes, that would be considered unlawful. And of course, in case uh, the the law enforcers catch up with you, then you have to uh, sing. Uh, I mean, you have to. Uh, be incarcerated or something, or you will be prosecuted for that. I see. So what, um, well, this is curious to me, would, what kind of penalty would happen to a person without an identity card? Uh, the, the, the kind of penalty, it's, uh, it's, uh, it can be, actually it can result in uh, imprisonment, uh, really? maybe six months, imprisonment uh, if you have if you knowingly have refused to register yourself to be granted an identification card, then you can be prosecuted, and uh, you might be you might be prosecuted and given a, a, an imprisonment or an option of a fine. I see, I see. Yeah. Very very fascinating. So so when you go about um, you you check all these government uh, entities for information about this person. This could be uh, their professional credentials and or their, um, how, do you, how do you go about checking their true name? The, the, the true names of the, sorry? The, they, so you know how some people have fake names. How would you go about oh, checking? Oh, fake names. Yeah, checking they have a, what their real name is. Normally, uh, what would happen is depending on the background information the investigator has. Yeah. Uh, what would have first and foremost is to run the checks through the National Registration, uh, Registration Bureau. Now, there we will get to see whether those names which the person has are listed in their database. Of course, if they are listed, then that will be easy mm -hmm. because those names will be matched against an identification uh, against an identification number and uh, other details which are there. For instance, the details of the person's parentage, the name of the father, the name of the mother, where the person comes from, the village where he was born, he or she was born, and etc. But if, for instance, the person uses an alias, a nickname, or any other name which is not in the registrar of persons then, of course the investigator uh, will have to go uh, a notch higher to check the other databases and also to check uh, with the other other forms of sources of information. Okay, so if I had someone I wanted to check out, what kind yes. of information would you want me to provide to you about that person? Uh, first and foremost, most important is the name of the person or the full names of the person. Okay. And then 
uh, and also require you to provide postal address of the person. And also require you, if you know uh, residential details, or if you know, if you have telephone details, the telephone number details, or any other details you may have. Okay. Then once you give me that information, I will be able to start the process. So you don't, you wouldn't want me to, to try to provide the person's mother's name and father's name and that kind of information? Well, if you have that information, it will assist me. But of course, uh, you realize that many a times that information might not be available. So without that information, I'll still be able to carry out the investigation. Okay. Yeah. Very fascinating. Uh, so, because, you know, as, as you know, many people leave your country and go to other countries and they don't represent themselves as that they're under their real name or they're committing some kind of fraud. Indeed, indeed. And so I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how to ferret that out. So if you, um, okay. can, we, need to, we need to take a break, but just think about, uh, say, for instance, if I had somebody with a fake name. Uh, yes. That, yes. that sounded like it came from your country. It sounded like a Nairobi name, for example. <laughs> okay. Uh, can, can I'm somewhere. <laughs> yes. Right. So we'll talk about that when we come back from the break. We'll be right back. No problem, Francis. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PIs Declassified. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to F-R-A-N-C-I-E at PISdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Sam Jim Lomwasi is with us today to discuss his work conducting investigations in his home country of Africa. So, so Sam Jim, um, so yes. the example I was talking about before we took the break of I, I want to hire somebody, and, and he yes. says he's from, say, uh, Kenya, and yes. he has a, a Kenyan-sounding name, yes. and, um, but he's not here for good reasons. He's not in the United States yes. for good reasons. So yes. tell me, 
tell me what the process would be and how you would ferret out that he has uh, given me an inaccurate name. Well, okay. Uh, of course, besides the name, if if he has uh, his passport or her passport, mm-hmm. yeah, then what we'll do is you'll give me a copy of that passport. I see. I'll with that passport. I'll be able to to run several checks here locally. I'll be able to check whether uh, the person is registered with the immigration department, which is the the, the repository for all uh, passports in Kenya. I'll check whether that passport is indeed uh, given by the by the agency responsible uh, by the government uh-huh. uh, if for instance the person has a uh, has a fake passport okay what I'll ask you to do is I'll ask you to take their fingerprints really yes if we take their fingerprints we can be able to ascertain uh, their details from the National Registry of Persons will be able to match their fingerprints against their uh, the fingerprints of the person who is uh, the, 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 the person you have there. We'll you map know, that interesting, with the fingerprints registry here. Yeah, interesting enough, many of the things that you would desire to have, we're not able to do in an employment situation here. In the United States, you are not able to do that. Uh, unless uh, for certain kinds of jobs, you ask yes. for fingerprints. But I just can't imagine if somebody's coming to work in in a. Uh, okay, like a ma- the thing is, uh, I get your point. I get your point. Mm-hmm. What we normally do, because we have cases whereby we have been, uh, which which have been referred by uh, our partners in the U.S., in the U.K., and many other countries. Mm-hmm. What we'll do is we'll get the names of the persons. When we get the names of the persons, we will match them with uh, the various registries we have here. If we find that the names are not appearing there, then we'll have uh, a red flag because this will mean that maybe the person is not Kenyan or the person might have faked their identity. Mm -hmm. So in that case, we will have reasons to ask for their fingerprints. I see. I don't know whether, yeah, that is what we do in yeah. cases where we have such incidences. Okay. That's, it's interesting. And it was fascinating to me, uh, Sam Jim, that um, with a telephone number, you could get additional information because that's, that's difficult for us here. We might be able to get the name of the subscriber, but we wouldn't be able yes. to get any other information. Yeah, incidentally, in Kenya, what happens is uh, the information... Like, for instance, the telephone number information, that is information which is domiciled with the mobile service uh, companies mm-hmm. in Kenya. Uh, but investigators and uh, other uh, law enforcement agencies have, to an extent, access to such information. I see. This, this access to this information is based on, uh, I would say, individual resources. Because as an investigator myself, I can be able to access that information. Uh, I have lawful ways of accessing that information. Uh-huh. And uh, because of that, we're able to use telephone numbers to get, that, uh, to get a lot of that uh, information, subscriber information. Sam, do, um, do private investigators have an equal standing with law enforcement in your country? No, no, no. We don't have an equal standing. But we have been trying to... to 
to uh, partner with them. What we do is uh, we have partnerships with them. There is recognition by uh, the police, by the national intelligence uh, services, and many other government agencies. Mm -hmm. But uh, certainly we don't have equal standing. Uh, I think first and foremost, the main, uh, the main difference is that law enforcers can, can enforce the law. They can arrest, they can uh, prosecute, and all those other Mm -hmm. uh, things which investigators like we cannot do, but but based but just based on getting information, would you have an equal standing yes. in getting access to information? Uh, I think the answer to that question is a yes and a no. It yeah. really depends on uh, number one the the relationship you have or we have with the investigation investigating agencies. What we have done in Kenya is we have a lot of partnerships. We have partnerships which are recognized by the government. I see. So like for instance, the National Association of Kenya Investigators uh, has uh, recognition by the Inspector General of Police. So because of that, then it is possible for us to have access to certain level of information. I see. Yes. Okay. All right. So. Uh, Give us some examples, can you, of uh, cases that you've investigated that may help, maybe help us understand how this works. Okay, well, well, well. Uh, I think some of the cases which I investigate for, for uh, mostly uh, clients in the U.S., clients in the U.K., I would say one is uh, in defense based act claims. We have had a lot of cases whereby Kenyans, uh, who have uh, uh, been employed in areas, for instance, the Wharton, the Wharton countries, like, for instance, Iraq, mm -hmm. Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. We have cases whereby Kenyans have gone there and they have died in the course of uh, their working. I see. In such cases, uh, we have had cases whereby we are called as investigators. Spectrum Network has been... Uh, instructed to trace the whereabouts of the persons, trace their families, trace their dependents, and uh, give a report to the investigating, uh, or to the instructing authority or agency. Is out it, there is this, give a, I'm sorry, yes? excuse me, Sam Jim. Is this for death notification, for example? Yes, yes, in case where, where yeah, a person has died, yes. Uh -huh, okay. Yeah, we, we, we will be able to carry out investigations, establish uh, the, the relatives of the person, we establish uh, the dependents, we get to know details about them and, uh, and such kind of things. And this information will help the, the client uh, make a decision on compensation and uh, also to ensure that they compensate the right claimants or the right beneficiaries of the claim. Okay. That's an example of some of the cases we handle. Uh, we also handle cases whereby, we have handled cases of fraud. We have handled cases whereby uh, a company associated with the mother companies in the US or the UK, whereby they've been involved in fraud. Mm -hmm. There are cases uh, where, in these cases, we will go into the company, undertake investigations, uh, conduct uh, uh, inquiries, in the various uh, institutions, 
uh, interview persons, uh, conduct surveillance on persons who we suspect to be criminals, maybe who have been involved in the fraud uh, cases, uh, establish details pertaining to a case, find out their associates, uh, go to the extent also of uncovering uh, some of the, the beneficiaries of those uh, fraudulent uh, endeavors, uh, carry out investigations to establish maybe who or how they spent the money, check out their lifestyles, and at the end of the day, conduct a report and give to the, to the instruction authority. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, interesting. So I'm sure some people are thinking, uh, do, do you check cheating spouses in Kenya? <laughs> well, some of us investigators do check. Certainly, I've, I've actually uh, done a lot of cases of that nature myself. Uh, uh, nowadays, I have, I would say, uh, eased on that, on that, uh, on spousal infidelity checks. But in the past, I've handled several cases. So we do check. We, are, we, we have many investigators uh, checking on spouses who cheat here. I see. So, yes. so you have cheating spouses in Kenya too. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that is one of the. Well, it's a it's a it's a worldwide phenomenon. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess it is a worldwide phenomenon. It is. It is. It is. So, so you must get involved in um, checking people out or companies out for mergers and acquisitions and things like that. Yes, yes. In fact, that was one of the other cases where I was going to. Uh, we do a lot of those cases. In fact, of late, we have been having a lot of uh, due diligence cases conducted to uh, companies, which uh, many of the companies in the US, in the UK, and uh, others. I think what has been happening of late is there has been a lot of interest in the emerging markets, and Africa being one of them. Uh, many companies are coming in to seek partners, to seek uh, mergers, to acquire companies and stuff. We have done a lot of due diligences on the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, in most of these due diligences, what we will first we'll do is uh, we'll uh, get to find out about uh, companies' uh, registration details. We'll find out whether those companies have uh, compliance to the electoral authorities. We'll find out whether the directors of the companies are indeed the people they are purporting to be. Uh, we'll find out uh, details about the litigation history of the companies. We'll find out uh, details about uh, uh, reputational checks for the companies. Uh, find out whether the companies are involved in fraud or involved in corruption or bribery and such kind of cases. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Are you are you aware somebody's building something close to by you? We can hear we can hear somebody sawing Sorry? something. Sorry, I'm in my I, office. I'm in my office. Yeah, and there's a lot of background noise where it sounds like somebody's sawing something or building oh, something. Oh, my office is my office is just next to a street. Actually, it's along Koinange Street, a very yeah. famous street in Nairobi. <laughs> okay. So uh, this is a very active street. So. There are so many people. In fact, peeping from the from the window, I can see a lot of people and a lot of activity going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, somebody's yeah. somebody's building something close to you. So. Oh yes, yes. There's a nearer office here where I think uh, they could be doing some renovations. Yeah. Okay. Or something. All right. Yeah. So we're sharing in that. We're sharing uh, the building part. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So okay. So now. What about a company coming to your country? 
say uh, a company from another another country comes to Kenya, is mm-hmm. there uh, are there checks done in return that way as well? Uh, you mean a company coming to to do business in Kenya? Correct. Yes, correct. Company coming to do uh, what, business in Kenya. What kind of company? Um, Any company? Well, say a manufacturing company, because I think. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. I think. Oh, you uh, want to find out what kind of uh, checks we can do for such a company? Yes. Oh. Sorry, I have not uh, understood your question. Oh, so so say uh, say I have a manufacturing company. I manufacture yes. say beaded jewelry. And I yes. and I want to get uh, low uh, labor that doesn't cost me very much, so I want to come oh, to Kenya to uh, okay. get this done. So, are, what kind of checks are are done for people like that? Oh, basically, first and foremost, there is a, there is a, a body called Kenya Invest, Kenya Invest. Yeah, mm-hmm. most companies from outside which want to do business in Kenya would first and foremost uh, come to that company, I mean to that institution as the first stop. The Ken Invest will uh, now give them um, all the necessary uh, requirements for the company to operate in Kenya. For instance, they will tell them about registration details, they'll talk about uh, taxation issues, they'll give them information about the uh, areas, for instance, to set up uh, to set up offices or to set up uh, manufacturing plants or anything of that sort. So there is a there is a central body by the government which does that for any foreign companies which wants to do business in Kenya. Okay, so uh, so I can't just come to Kenya and uh, rent rent a facility and start doing business there without going through that process. Yeah, actually, that's the lawful process. Uh, normally you would have to follow that process because if you don't then what would happen uh, if for instance uh, the law enforcement agencies catch up with you then you would have to be in trouble mm-hmm. yeah okay alright interesting interesting yeah. so what else can you tell me that about cases that you've conducted um, either Outside of Africa or in in Africa? Yes. Now, uh, besides Kenya, uh, we have our head office based in Kenya, in Nairobi. Besides Kenya, we have uh, an office in Uganda. Mm -hmm. We also have uh, an agency office in Tanzania. And then we have partners in various other countries in Africa, like in the East. And uh, in the eastern part of Africa, we have uh, partners in Rwanda, we have partners in Burundi, we have partners in Southern Sudan, we have partners in Somalia, Ethiopia, Djibouti, and uh, even Congo. Uh, I just want to tell you about some of the cases we do in most of these other partner countries. Okay. Uh, for instance, uh, for instance, in uh, DRC Congo, recently we were involved in a case whereby uh, it was on travel insurance there was this uh, person who was uh, who is an American citizen, but uh, this person was working and living in Congo, and uh, this person was, uh, was uh, involved in an accident, and uh, in this accident, the person had to be treated in Congo. Mm-hmm. So, of course, the insurance company, which is domiciled in the U.S., 
had to cover up for all his uh, treatment expenses. And uh, what happened is there was a suspicion of fraud because some of the some of the uh, treatment documents which the person had presented to the company, I think, were looking. Uh, they, were, they were not very very. They're not looking very authentic. Mm-hmm. So we took up the matter. We went to Congo. We located this uh, this dispensary where this person was alleged to have been treated. We interviewed the medical personnel in this vicinity. We interviewed people around the vicinity. We talked to uh, various people to just establish the details of the accident, to establish uh, what happened, uh, circumstances surrounding the accident, uh, how the person was ferried from the accident scene to the dispensary, uh, what happened thereafter, what kind of medication the person was given. And we realized that there were a lot of uh, uh, insinuations which were not correct. Actually, the case turned out to be a total fraud. Really? Now, yeah. Sam, Jim, was, is this a case uh, that we'll, we, we would call here workers' compensation fraud? Or was this... This was, not, this was a travel insurance case. Oh, actually, this, this person had... Oh, travel insurance. Actually, you did say that. Yes, this person, yeah. This person had travel insurance covering for his uh, treatment expenses out of the U.S. I see. So he went, he yeah. went there on a trip. I see. I, I got it. He went there on a trip and then said he was injured, and it turned out he wasn't really injured. Yeah, he wasn't really injured. He wasn't uh, even in the, in the place where he was supposed to have received a medication. Actually, he passed by there because we were able to see that he spent some days there, but not, as an injured, not with any injuries. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he was just trying to get his vacation paid paid for by the insurance company. <laughs> you know, you can say that. Okay. <laughs> Sam, Jim, we're going to take another quick break. Uh, okay. We'll, we'll okay. be right back in a few. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call one 800 350 C-A-L-I. 
for a national association, Francie's Choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. It's my pleasure today to have Sam Jim one. Juan Yossi. I'll get that straight eventually. Juan no, Yossi. He's with us today yeah. to discuss his work conducting investigations in his home country of Africa. And so uh, tell us more, Sam Jam. It's, this is just, um, this is a world that I don't, I'm not familiar with. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are not as well. So tell us more. Okay. I think uh, of importance, which I want to share with you is, uh, you know, Africa is really extensive. Uh, there's East Africa, there's West Africa, there's uh, Central Africa, there's North Africa, there's uh, South Africa, and uh, even uh, a few islands of Africa. Mm-hmm. So Africa is very large, and uh, what we do is we cover many areas in Africa as a company, and uh, the areas which we cover in terms of our scope of services are also very wide. We do background checks uh, employee vetting. We also carry out a corporate investigation for various corporates. We also do carry out uh, IPR, that is intellectual property rights investigation, uh, mm-hmm. counterfeits, and many of such kind of investigation for corporates within and outside the, the, the country. And one thing about Africa is, for instance, when you talk about counterfeiting, it's, uh, I would say, a market for counterfeiters. Mm-hmm. Many counterfeiters uh, have uh, marketed their products within Africa, and many instructions nowadays come for uh, products which are legitimately uh, manufactured or made in the US, in the UK, and many other countries. And you find that they have uh, counterfeit products here in Africa. Mm-hmm. some of them sold to remote areas in Africa because of the fact that that, uh, that industry is very lucrative for the counterfeiters this is something which investigators have a role to play in terms of uh, uh, curbing the counterfeiting Spectrum Network has been involved in some of those anti-counterfeiting investigations uh, big companies some of the leading corporates in IT products uh-huh. Uh, uh, in uh, handsets of, of phone manufacturers and accessories manufacturing, uh, many in the pharmaceutical industry, some of them in uh, fast-moving 
goods have relied on the expertise of Spectrum Network to carry out investigations for them. So, and Sam Jim, when you find a, a large counterfeiter, like say it's pharmaceuticals, which is very scary, mm. by the way, when you yes. have uh, counterfeit pharmaceuticals, how do you handle that? Do you get law enforcement involved? Do you um, are the, yes. are the products yes. confiscated? How does that work? Yeah, normally what would have uh, is there's a body uh, by, I mean, there's a government agency which is involved in. Uh, curbing counterfeits. It's called anti-counterfeit agency. Mm-hmm. Anti-counterfeit agency works with other law enforcement agencies, the Kenya police, uh, in Kenya for instance, uh, the Kenya Revenue Authority, uh, the uh, Weights and Measures uh, Agency, the Kenya Bureau of Standards, and many other agencies. What would happen is if there is evidence that a counterfeiter is involved in that illegal practice, then what would happen is the, the, the anti-counterfeit agency will be involved, we will uh, work with them, impound the, the, the counterfeited products, mm-hmm. uh, have the persons who are involved in the counterfeiting arrested and charged in court. And uh, nowadays, uh, with the new, with a, a bill which had been recently uh, uh, constituted in Kenya, to curb anti-counterfeits. With this, there are harsh and serious penalties against anti-counterfeits. I see. Or anti-counterfeiters, uh, yes. So, so would you say your country is, is working to, to clean up the counterfeiting um, process? Or is, Indeed. Or is it driven by the, uh, the owners of the product? I would say uh, it's two-way. The anti-counterfeit agency is an agency uh, of the government, mm-hmm. but also the, the the private practitioners through many institutions. Uh, there are various institutions here, like for instance, Kenya Association of Manufacturers. Uh, like there is also KEPSA, which is Kenya Association of Private uh, Sector Alliance. Most of these institutions have come up together and they have ganged uh, and they speak with one voice. So they actually. Uh, lobby with the government to ensure that uh, counterfeiters are given harsh penalties. Actually, the recent bill which I'm talking about was as a result of the lobbies, the lobbying uh, massively by the practitioners. I see. Because, of sure. course, they are the ones who suffer most, yes. Exactly. Now, I, yeah. I see where you also, before I forget, please, na- please give the name of your company again and uh, the website people can contact you on. Okay, I am the, the, the CEO of the company called Spectrum Network International. Spectrum Network International. Okay. Uh, our website our website is www.spectrumnetworkpi.com. Okay. I repeat, www.spectrumnetworkpi.com. We have presence in Kenya. We have presence in Tanzania, uh, Uganda, East Africa, that is, Central Africa, uh, West Africa, and uh, South Africa, and also other areas. Well, I, you know, 
I think people uh, listening to this show would be very happy to know that there's a lot of activity in uh, in Kenya regarding uh, various agencies and law enforcement. Because I think, uh, frankly, Sam Jim, that uh, yes. you folks often get a bad reputation because we get the fraudsters here and it comes back mm. as, as a reputation on, say, Kenya or parts of Africa. So indeed, indeed. I'm I'm really happy to hear about all of the vetting that's done and, and the ability to vet uh, people that come to this country because I and and the activities that your country and your government is taking to kind of ferret out and and control these situations. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I think, and I would say, you know, the advantage we have here is. Uh, having all these fraudsters around, we have a lot of uh, experience in tackling criminal activities. Mm-hmm. You will also realize that Kenya or the East African region is just next close by to a hub, uh, I mean to the Al-Shabaab hub within the, the eastern region of Africa. Somalia is uh, proliferated. I mean it has a lot of, it has a very huge cost where of course these elements the so-called Al-Shabaab and Al-Qaeda operative are operating within. So because of such kind of uh, threats which we have around here, Mm -hmm. then there is much uh, need for us as investigators to up our game. Otherwise, we'll not be able to, to of course, um, match the skills of the fraudsters, criminals, and all these uh, agents. And in our... And I, I'm asking this out of ignorance, Sam Jim. Are there other countries in, in Africa that are doing the same kinds of things Kenya is doing? Oh, indeed, yes. <laughs> Very many countries. Okay. Of course, uh, of course uh, I'll even say South Africa is more developed in terms of uh, resourcefulness in, mm-hmm. this, in this industry. Uh, West Africa, there are many other countries. I mean, uh, Nigeria, Ghana... Uh, we have North Africa countries like Egypt. Uh, we have, uh, I would say, um, a few other countries. Uh, maybe not very, not very far south. Maybe Zimbabwe, Zambia. But uh-huh. I would say, as far as as far as the industry is concerned, Kenya is a mile ahead of many many African countries. Mm-hmm. Kenya so is right ahead. Kenya is a trendsetter. It sounds like it. It sounds yeah, like yeah, it. Kenya from, is, yeah. yeah, sure. So I, I think th- the challenges we have and the kind of uh, risks we face are also, uh, I would say, different. Because you realize that many Kenyans have traveled outside the country. Just the same thing with, for instance, Nigeria. Many Nigerians have gone out of the country. So because of that, there are so many challenges as far as issues of fraud, issues of uh, 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 counterfeiting are concerned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I know, uh, Sam Jim, because you and I met at a a conference of international investigators in India, Uh, I know that you're a member of that association as well as World Association of Detectives. Uh, Indeed. Are you, uh, has that been helpful to you to belong to those associations? Incredibly, incredibly. I think one of the benefits is, uh, of course, being interviewed by PID Classified. <laughs> You're <laughs> too <well>. kind. <laughs> That's very right. okay. nice to say that. I, I, I get a lot of a lot of referral, referrals from the US, from the UK, uh, from uh, many other countries in Asia, Australia, 
and all of these are courtesy of my membership in these organizations. Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, investigators would want to know that the people they're dealing with, the investigators who are handling their cases are people of uh, good reputation or people who have, I would say, uh, uh, who are of high caliber. So. Uh, belonging to these associations has really been very beneficial to us as a company and of course to me as an individual. And yep. uh, of course I get to interact with uh, in investigators around the world and I get to share experiences with them. Exactly. That, yes, that's a yeah. great benefit of, of going to those meetings for sure. And then I, I'm, I'm assuming you also uh, not only can reach out to those people for information as well as get business from this, those same members. Indeed, indeed. We share a lot of, uh, of information. There are cases whereby, by the way, I even give uh, investigators out there to do for us. Recently I gave, I mean, uh, we had uh, UK investigators helping us in a case uh, which was in London. I've had a case in California. I've had a case whereby I've sought help from Singaporean investigators who we are members in these world associations. So definitely it's of mutual benefit. Uh, that's, that's great. And, uh, you know, the world is getting so small. I can't even imagine even 10 or 15 years ago that you and I would be having this conversation between Kenya and California and discussing yeah. these business details. Indeed, indeed. It's become a global village. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's fascinating, and and I do notice you have you author other things like uh, customer surveys and media yes. media exploration. I'm I'm not sure what that is. Uh, what is your when when you ex explore the media? What does that involve? Articles about an individual or something like that? Uh, sorry, sorry, I didn't get that. On, when on your website you have yes. uh, that you do something with media relations. What is that about? Oh, social media. So, uh, is that what it's referring social to? Media, social media. Social okay. media. Yeah, yeah. Social media research and uh, okay, uh, and other areas. Okay, we we we, you know, investigation uh, and research is more or less interrelated. Okay. So we realize that many a times we have companies giving us instructions to, for instance, carry out market research. Uh, there are cases whereby we, we do uh, media research and stuff of that sort. So those are areas also which we are involved in. Okay. Well, I, we're at the end of our hour, Sam Jim. This is fascinating. Thank <laughs> you so much for joining us. It's, uh, it's been really nice getting to know you better. And Wow. Uh, and for the rest of you, if you're interested in advertising on this show, please contact my Great executive producer, Sandra Rogers, at 480-553-5756. Join me again next week when we declassify more real stories from real investigators like Sam Jim every Thursday morning, 12 noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. It's P.I.'s Declassified. I'm Francie Kaler. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks, Sam Jim. You've been listening to P.I.'s Declassified with your host, Francie Kaler. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern Time. That's 9 a.m. for you West Coast listeners. P.I.'s Declassified explores stories of deceit, mystery, and detectives unraveling the truth. Every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, here on the Voice America Variety Channel.